If you have your scriptures with you, I would like to share this morning and continue my series that I've been preaching this summer on person and works of the Holy Spirit. I need to tell you that um, uh, the, the series, if you have missed any messages or if you would like anyone to listen to them, they are available, right? Through our website. When you go to the website, you go to the page that says sermons. Is that what it says, sermons? You click in there and you can listen to them. I think, how many, are all of them still in there? Oh, gosh. So if you haven't listened to any of them, you have a lot to catch up with. No, (laughs) just kidding. Uh, But I have been sharing with this congregation every summer uh, about the Holy Spirit. Last summer, we discussed the, the... fruit of the Spirit, and this summer we're dealing with the works and person of the Holy Spirit. We've done in June and July, last week we dealt with, uh, well, first of all, before I went, I went to Miami, we dealt with dreams and vision of the Holy Spirit, and, and we finished the message with, with asking all of you to fill out a little piece of paper that we gave all of you saying, I wish we could in the spirit of dreaming and visioning for our congregation, and I got a few good ideas here. What do you think? They're wonderful ideas, and, and you know what? You all must have been speaking with one another because they all fall in three categories. And it is an amazing testimony to what God is doing in our lives right here at Latter Hope in getting ourselves out of ourselves and into ministering the community at large. Let's read scripture as I have selected Psalm 124 and a portion of Matthew. Listen to and for the word of the Lord as we read Psalm 124. What if the Lord had not been on our side? Let all Israel repeat. What if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? They would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. Praise the Lord who did not let their teeth tear us apart. We escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. The trap is broken and we are free. Our help is from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Jesus, when he was in in, in the first century Palestine, Jerusalem area, he had some beef with some people. You know what I mean with some beef? He had some complaints. He had some issues with some people. And most of them were you and I. Most of the people with whom Jesus had a beef, with whom Jesus had an argument with, were good church-going Jews. Oh, they were part of the Sanhedrin. Oh, they were part of the Pharisee school. They were part of the scribes. They were part of the session. They were in committees. They were everywhere. They were in church every Sunday. But Jesus always had a beef with them. Because for some reason, some of them, now now I'm going to give an excuse when I say some of them. Some of them were so focused on the law, were so focused on them being right, that they didn't care who they had to step upon. 
And Jesus had an encounter with them. And, and, and if I read the whole chapter, it would probably be very disruptive for the spirit that I'm trying to bring in this morning. So I selected one snippet of the whole chapter where Jesus is actually having it with the Sadducees and Pharisees. And he's like, you! Yeah. Oh, he uses all sort of language. Uh, but let's stick to the one that scripture chose. <laughs> So remember, Jesus is in the midst of this argument with the so-called self-righteous religious people of the day. And he calls us, you brood of snakes. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? They thought they were doing it. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasure of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasure of an evil heart. I tell you this. You must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or will condemn you. The word of the Lord. Scary one, huh? You haven't seen me reading this kind of stuff around here often, have you? I tend to be the positive, uplifting motivator. Well, this time we're going there. We're going there, but the issue is here. That Jesus said the good people or the good person out of their good heart. Now, Now, remember this. Who is good? Only Jesus. So, so remember our, our reform thinking. Good people are not to be found. The scripture says we are all sinners. Oh, yes, we are redeemed and we begin that process. But Jesus is saying the good people are the good treasure of their heart, meaning that a believer can actually change their heart from an evil heart to a good heart, from evil treasures to good treasures in your heart. Hmm. In introducing this series, I was talking about the Spirit of God. God, The Holy Spirit, again, is the third person of the Trinity. The Spirit moves, speaks, inspires, nudges, guides, convicts, leads, changes, transforms, creates anew. The Spirit makes the things that God promises, the things that God has established. The Spirit of God makes it real here and right now. That's the ministry of the Spirit of God. It takes God's salvation and makes it real here to your heart right now, this morning, in time and space. The Spirit of God takes the amazing truths of God, the promises of Jesus, the promises of the Spirit, and makes them all reality in your life here now. That's the ministry of the Spirit. Oh, we used to call it in old days sanctification. That's what it is. It's not self-improvement. That's a different thing. So the, the job of the Spirit is to make reconciliation between God and you here and now. To make the church prosperous and, and, and vocal and, and making a difference in the community here and now. Not in the future, not in the past. Here and now. To help you become and make the difference in your lives, in your lives of the family, here and now. 
to bring unity to the body here and now. Now, I want to ask three questions this morning. Since we're dealing with a spirit of change, what change are we talking about, first of all? What is the change that we're talking about? I am not talking about change to the Constitution. I am not talking about change to, to anything physical around us. Oh, I'm talking about, some of you have heard me talking about remodeling the sanctuary. Now that we are going to be light of hope, light of hope needs to be light of hope, not Southminster. Notice how I said all this without looking at any of you. But that's not the change that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a kind of change that is really change. You see, Ezekiel, the spirit of change, spoke to Ezekiel and said, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new heart in your spirit. And I will take out your stony, stubborn... I added these words. Um, (laughs) No, stony and stubborn heart. And give you a tender, sensitive, teachable, responsive heart. I I, I happened to stumble last night as I was looking through an encyclopedia on Isaac Newton's laws of motion. What do they have to do with us? Well, this is very interesting. The first law of motion is that everything continues in a state of rest inertia, unless it is compelled to change by forces upon itself. Who did that? You saw me pushing it, right? Otherwise, it would have stayed there forever and ever. And it probably would have rot in there in itself, standing there forever and ever, and some archaeologists would have found a piece of wood one day in eternity and say, I found a piece of the cross. But that's what would happen to our lives if the spirit of change, the spirit of God is not sent by God to unsettle, to unsettle our lives, to bring changes in our lives in such a way that we're not rotting in our comfortableness, compliance of sin, but God is moving you and I intentionally to become more like Jesus Christ by giving up that stuff. This is how the Word says it. The, and we all, with unveiled face, holding to glory of the Lord, being transformed, being changed, being transfigured, being renewed to the image, to the image of Christ. And that's the goal. It's not so that Edwin can become a better Edwin. You see, we are not talking about a change that, uh, we are talking about a change that God begins himself. Not a change that you feel compelled to do. We are not talking about moderating our behavior. We are not talking about adapting and and changing a little bit to become better human beings. We are not talking about remodeling, whitewashing, or masking our lives. We are not talking about being different, but we are talking about making the difference. You see, it is God's change in our lives through the spirit of change that makes Jesus' character 
in our lives. So when you are not forgiven at all and you are resentful, how many of you are resentful and just can't forget what happened? And you go to bed and you rehearse it and rehearse it. And I used to be that. Can you believe it? I used to imagine all sorts of things that would happen to those people. Am I alone? Oh, okay, good. Yeah, because that happens. We're not talking about replacing, but about transfiguring. We're not talking about remodeling, but about something new. We're not talking about reconditioning our lives, but about allowing God to recreate our lives. So all of us, who once were veiled, now the Lord, who is the Spirit, look look at the text, who is the Spirit makes us more and more like whom who we are changed into his glorious image. It is God's changing in our lives through the Spirit to be more like Jesus, not a better person. We're not talking about self-improvement. Philippians reminds us, for God is working in you. Listen to this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases God. So when you want to do something to please God, it can come out of your own. God planted it in your heart. That desire to please God, it wasn't yours. Don't pat yourself on the back. It's God, God himself inspiring you to do what God wants to be done. It is kind of a replacing ourselves kind of thing. You see? And listen to this other verse. And I am certain, Paul says, in the same, to the same church of the Philippians, that he who began the good work within you, notice, within you, not outside of you. I've said many times, God is not interested in your behavior. God is not interested in what you do. God is interested in who you are. Did you get it? Because when God can change who you are, what you do changes. And here we are fretting, trying to get, oh, in the 80s, my goodness, I was in the psychology department, and every week, seven, eight new books in self-improvement. And all of them sponsored by the church. We didn't get it. It's not about us becoming better, but it's us allowing God to change us into the image of Christ. So the spirit of change creates a change, the change in me. From my understanding to God's understanding, from my perspective to God's perspective, from my selfish will to God's selfless will, from my fears to God's unlimited faith, from my opinion to God's generous opinion, all of it to be more like Christ. Now, the first question was, what changes are we talking about? Well, we're talking about inner changes. We're talking about spiritual changes. We're talking about soul kind of changes in your heart. That's what we're talking about. So uh, the second question is, how does this happen? How does this happen? If it doesn't, if if I'm not supposed to create it happening, how does it happen? Look at the verse. What are the first three words? Let God, 
transform you. Let God do the changes in your lives. Let God show you what you need to change so that God, God's self, can then operate those changes in your mind, in your soul. It doesn't happen any other way. Psychologists have taken the whole thing, oh, change your way of thinking and your way. But it's true. The minute we begin to change our way of thinking, we begin to change our way of life. So if how does that happen would be the third question, right? How does it happen? Well, it has to do with what you input. It has to do with the word of God. It has to do with renewing, it has to do with recreating, it has to do with reprogramming, with reconstructing, with remaking our minds. And scripture says that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Did I make that up? It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. For the word of God, Hebrews says, is alive and powerful and is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Ooh, that's the problem. Cutting between soul and spirit, discerning between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. How many of you have a secret? I have a secret. Actually, uh, one of my secrets was exposed last week. Uh, not really. My secret is my privacy. I like to be private at home. And somebody overstayed their welcome in my house. And I was at live. I, oh, I kept it decent. And the person doesn't know. But the other one does. <laughs> the invitee does. And, and I felt my privacy was invaded. And I reacted. Now... The word of God discerns. So I had to go into a period, why am I angry at? And I thought it was some issues. But as the day went by, I allowed the spirit of God to show me what I was really angry about. And it had nothing to do with the person who was there. It had nothing to do with the other. It had all to do with me. But I was able to communicate that. And we got some things done. But it discerns. You have to allow for it to go in their most thoughts and desires. The life of the church at worship. So, so what do we do? How do we get that new thinking? How do we get that new way of, of changing? That must be the question. How does it work? How does it work? Well, it works when you expose yourself to the good things of God. It works by coming to church. Why do I insist that coming to church is something good? Because the numbers reflect, and in my job, I'll keep my job. No. Sorry, did I, th did I think about that out loud? <laughs> no, the reality is that this is the only hour in your week, let me be honest with you, it's the only hour in your week where you have committed to bring professionals like this wonderful lady and this twerp to, to, to teach you guys about scripture, to guide you to meet the Lord one-on-one. -on -one. This is it. 
Tiffany and I and the rest of the worship team, we are there, not plugging in the hymn where it used to be one before last week. No, we don't have a template for our worship because we want to create and experience this one hour or hour, 10 minutes. That's what it looks like it's going to be. So that you can connect with God significantly and memorably. Remember Eminem? Memorable and significant. Let me rush this up. Yeah. So what do we do about it? What do you do about it? Exactly. Let God, as the text said, be alert. Look and listen for God's presenting opportunities in our lives. Be there for spiritual development opportunities, Bible studies. Even choir rehearsal is a spiritual formation experience, especially with with Tiffany teaching and leading there. It becomes prayer meetings where you are sensitive to the needs of others. All of that will will help you. Because God will always have something to tell you. Lastly, yield to the spirit of change. Give it up. Die to self, as Jesus said. Leave behind the old ways. You know why? Because Paul had to risk it. Paul did not have, and we're going to try to do something about it here, but Paul didn't have a five-year program. Got that, Pat? (laughs) I'm working on it. (laughs) Working on it. But Paul didn't have one. Abraham didn't have one. Moses may have a plan or some some sort. I'm sure he did. And God had to change stuff. But all of them, including Paul, was certain, sure, had no doubt that the God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day of Jesus Christ. You know what that says? That the Spirit of God is not going to let you alone until you die. He's not going to leave you alone. Because what he needs is for us to surrender. For us to surrender it all before Jesus. 